Sheila's teenage son, Stephen, had a been-there-done-that attitude. So when she took him to Cracker Barrel to try new southern bowls, he smirked. He'd done burrito bowls, rice bowls, even a pokey bowl. But Stephen had never seen southern ingredients like sweet onion jam, maple pepper bacon, crispy grits cakes, or pimento cheese sauce. Which meant Mom was right. From surprising moments with Mom to new southern bowls. For a limited time at Cracker Barrel, enjoy every little thing. Since May 6, 2018, menu varies by location. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Sappho Podcast. Broadcasting today, unfortunately not from the Jack Dempsey studio, but from my other studio, my studio apartment here in New York City. And nope, that joke will never not be funny. So for one day last week, I was the biggest Ohio State fan. Why would you ask? Well, because if the Buckeyes would have beat Penn State and Madison Square Garden, then tonight's guest would have been in New York City a little longer, and we could have did this uh, podcast face-to-face. But unfortunately, the Buckeyes lost, so I have to settle for a call-in. Without further ado, welcome to the Mike Sappho Podcast, Ohio State legend, one of my best friends on Twitter, obviously, (laughs) basketball great, Scooney Penn. Scooney, what's going on, bro? Not much. How you doing, Mike? Always good. Scooby, the first thing I have to ask you is, how do we even get linked up? Because we've been sliding into each other's DMs now for like three <laughs> years. How do I, I'm serious. How did our relationship even start? I, I don't even know. Um, it, it was something that had to do with basketball, obviously, and um, I, I really don't know. I, I'm just as clueless, clueless as you are. But, um, yeah, it's one that's been going on for the last, you know, two or three years or so. I think with the whole connection I have being an East Coast kid and, Playing in the Big East, and, and, and you know, I think uh, we've had some friendly back and forth. I know you're a Kentucky guy. Um, I think we, we disagree on some of our like teams that we like. Um, so I'm sure along those lines is how we connected. We disagree. I thought you were coming to New York City just to pledge allegiance to the Yankees or the Giants. So you're going to leave the Red Sox <laughs> Nation? And the, is that true? You're going to become a Yankee fan, join the Evil Empire? I've never, I've, no, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I'm uh I'm true to mine. I'm not joining that evil empire. Um, I don't care if you do have, you know, two magnificent home run hitters on your roster. <laughs> the Red Sox still going to win a division. So um, I'm looking forward to this baseball season. And you can't speak hey, about all, the Giants because the Patriots this year owned the NFL. Oh, I know. And my girlfriend's a biggest Patriot fan, so I can never talk any trash about the Giants-Patriots. You guys own that. Hey, Scooney. Yep. Are you still, okay, we were texting last night. More importantly, I know we're having fun. So is your son bowling out there? Your son's a good ball player? Because you said you had, your son played what, for the state championship last night? Yeah, he, um, district finals now on Saturday. We're uh, in the middle of it. And um, he has a you know, pretty good team. They are a couple wins away from getting to the Schottenstein Center and um, playing for a state title. How old is he? Uh, 16. He's 16. He's, oh, that's uh, awesome, man. He's a sophomore. Yep. Okay, now here we go. You're back at Ohio State. What's your official title? I looked. I know I googled you, and everything on the internet is obviously true. So, what is the director of player development? What exactly is that? Oh man, it's, that means I wear like ten hats. But um, you know, one thing I get to do here, uh, NCAA with the rules, they don't allow me to do certain things. They kind of keep a good tight grip on it. So I, I do get involved with like on-campus recruiting. Um, I'm allowed to be in all team meetings. I'm allowed to view video. 
Uh, I do a lot of mentoring with the guys, you know, being able to talk to them, you know, about basketball, on and off the court about things. Uh, well, what's another thing that we do? Oh, academics. So I have a group of guys that I tally up and I make sure, um, you know, they're doing what they need to do. You know, we have weekly meetings about that. So, and then also I'm, I'm a bridge between, you know, the coaching staff and the, the alumni. You know, being an alumnus and, and just being involved with a lot of things, it kind of, you know, it's easy for me to do. So, you know, I, I'm enjoying my role. I'm learning a lot. It's good to be on the inside and, um, you know, hopefully it's helped me in the future. Now, a little bit of March Madness talk because – I started my show off by saying I, I was rooting for Ohio State because I actually wanted to link up with you and do the show live. You guys lose in the Big Ten tournament here at the Garden. Mm-hmm. As a former player, does that affect you guys, affect the mindset? You guys are obviously going to make the tournament. Losing in the conference tournament, does that affect the mentality of the team? Well, it doesn't because, you know, like most coaching staffs, what they will do in most teams, how you, how you look at it is, you know, at the end of the regular season, it's a new season. You have your tournament run, your conference tournament, that's a season. Now, when that's over, now we prepare for the final season, which is the NCAA tournament. So, for us, um, I don't think it, it hurt us mentally. I don't think it's going to bother us mentally. Uh, we would love to have, you know, continue playing and, 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 and win the conference tournament. It didn't happen. But I think our guys are mentally in a good space. We've done some pretty good work this week, just keeping guys fresh, but also working hard and, and, and trying to get better as individuals and a team. So we'll be ready come next week for March Madness. Do you guys, coaches, players, anybody, pay any attention to the bracketology? Like, has you listed as a five seed two days ago? Mm-hmm. Today you're a four seed. Does anybody even care about that on campus? Not on campus. Well, I mean, players and coaches. Well, as coaches, we do. You know, our staff, we pay attention to it. Not because, um, you know, it's really a big deal for us. It's more than trying to see who we may match up with. Because... Now, because, again, you want to cut tape, you want to start to maybe work on certain things in practice that might help you um, when it comes game time. But at the same time, like, we never know. So all we can do is just sit and we'd be like everyone else, and whether it's, you know, Joe Lenardi or whoever else is speculating. Uh, but we do have an idea that, that we'll most likely be a five seed. That's what we're thinking. Um, a five seed, which probably will put us out west, is what we're mm-hmm. looking at right now. Uh, but that changes with, with these conference tournaments going on now, some teams losing, um, other teams helping themselves. So this is going to change every day until Selection Sunday, and that's when we'll find out where we'll be. But right now it looks like we'll, we will most likely be on the five line, if not uh, number one six in, in my estimation. Now it, this is what's going to be funny because now the players are going to watch Selection Sunday. Now they don't care. Whatever seed they are, they're excited. The second they announce a tournament, you guys are getting right to work, right? We're playing not a very known team, and now you have to go to work looking at video nonstop, right? It's like right away. You know, it's, it's as soon as it's, it's our name is called, our video guys are on it. You know, we know the bracket we're in, who we may be facing, and we're having a selection show at the shot. We'll have our fans there. It'll be a good time. But as soon as that comes out, you know, coach has media, media to do, some of our players have media to do. The staff will be on it, and we'll be preparing right then and there to the next morning, practice, practice, and then we're gone. So it happens really quick. Serious, serious question now. What's with the, in the Ohio State University? And I'm serious because you'll watch every sport, and it's like so-and-so uh-huh. from the U, so-and-so, Roll Tide, so-and-so, Big Blue Nation, so-and-so from the Ohio State. It makes it sound so prestigious. Do you know where it came from? I hear it. 
Well, well that, that's the – see, the fact that you're asking me and the fact yes. that people – everyone thinks like this, it makes us stand out. We're just like everyone else is, is but, but the Ohio State, like we – our alumnus, like, really take pride in that. And, and, and it, it's caught on, and it's a big deal. And it separates us from, we think, every other university. So it, it's funny because when I watch NFL and I hear guys say the university – like, I hear some teams now want to say the whatever. I don't know if they're mocking us or they're trying to be like us, but Ohio State with that, the Ohio State University, it, it kind of separates us from everyone else. But, it, you know, it, it really does because I watch my girlfriend, huge football fans. So we're watching it, and it's, you know, so-and-so from the U, and it sounds cool, but when they say from the Ohio, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, it, it's pristine, it stands out, man. It really does. It does. It does. I, I like it. I like it. I, um, you know, we wear we wear that that patch on our chest, you know, with a lot of pride. You know, our Buckeyes, you know, whether it's athletically, academically, you know, our, we have the largest living alumni in the country, um, by far. You know, you know, we start talking about sports, we're everywhere. You know, if you look on a television, it's always going to be a guy that's on Ohio that an Ohio State alumni, one of the sportscasters. You know, so we are are deep rooted. And um, in, in the athletic world, and, and it's great, and it's it's always going to continue because it's a big university with um with the great tradition, and, and 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 it's a prestigious university as well. Now you have a lot of March Madness history. Now you transferred from BC mm-hmm. the first, and you go yeah. to the Ohio State University. You paired up yeah. with Michael Red. You go to the Final Four. That's a hell of a first year. It, it was a, a remarkable first year. Um, I did an interview just the other day because, you know, people are comparing this season to our season, which is somewhat similar. You know, obviously this year was much better than the year before I played because that team was 8-22, and and I was thinking, like, what the hell did I walk into? Um, But it was a a program that hadn't made the tournament in a while. And then we came out of nowhere. We played very well. We won the Puerto Rican Classic, and then we played well in the Big Ten. And then we hit the tournament, we started rolling. And it's something that, you know, it's possible, like, this team could do. It's kind of the same makeup, Um, you know, because the team last year, last couple years, hadn't been in the tournament. People didn't expect much, and now here we are fighting for a Big Ten championship. We were right there in the hunt, and, um, you know, we got as high as eight, number eight in the country. So um, I get to I get to share that experience with, with the guys on the team. Listen, listen, it's possible, but you guys got to believe, work hard. And, and more than anything, you know, at the end of the day, we know, like, players play. And, and, and to get to that level, you got to have a couple guys get hot and carry you. And, and that year that we made that run, I was tremendously hot. Mike Red was hot. And, and, you know, the dynamic duo, we just – everyone was riding that wave. So if we can get something with that, with, you know, Kata Bates, Jay Sean Tate, then, you know, we might have a good chance to make some noise here. Who did you guys lose to in the Final Four that year? We lost to UConn, who won the national championship. And I, and Rip- I Was that Rip Hamilton? That game. Yep, Rip Hamilton, Little Elamine. Oh. Yep. Freeman, those guys. Um, and, and Ricky Moore, you know. You know, Freeman and Moore, they're assistant coaches of UConn. They still don't let me live that down whenever I see them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I actually don't know I don't know the answer to this, and I think I tried to Google it right before you came on. And if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. Why'd you leave Boston College? Was there, like, a specific uh, reason? If it's something you don't have to talk about if you don't want to. No, 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 no. No, no, I don't mind talking about it. It wasn't nothing specific. It was what, – what had happened was, you figure, my freshman and sophomore year, we made the NCAA tournament. Um, we won the Big East my sophomore year tournament in the garden my sophomore year I was freshman of the year I made all big East and then it's kind of funny how it happened because 
I remember um, being at my place and I'm watching, I'm watching TV. The news comes on and I see my coach at the time, Jim O'Brien, was walking around St. John's Arena at the Ohio State University. I'm just like, hey, what's going on? So then we get called for a meeting the next day and coach is like, I'm leaving. I'm going to Ohio State. And everyone was just stuck. Like, are you serious? Um, you know, he had some problems with the university. They didn't want to, you know, BC was tough. They wasn't letting certain guys in. And we actually had good recruits coming in. Because all the Boston kids that we came up playing together, we all talked and was going to stay at home and, and, and play together. And it was all working out. The program was really on the upside. We were really good. And um, when the time came, he made that decision. You know, we had some older guys leaving out that senior year. And hit. my guys in, in my class were all transferring. So it left me, the local kid, here alone. Uh, so, you know, I explored my options. And I said, you know what, I want my release, which they gave me a hard time getting. I had to get an attorney to send them a letter to get my oh, release. Wow. And I, um, you know, and I just, in the first one I went to was here at Ohio State because, you know, the coaching staff was here. It, it's kind of ironic because I had no plans of coming here. I had none to go to Ohio State. I thought Columbus, like farm town, and I was like, people wonder <laughs> why I'm going to go out here and visit. You know, it's a football school, this, that, and the third. And I used to like watching Ohio State football and basketball. I was a big fan of Jim Jackson. So when I came out here, I enjoyed it. It was a nice school, unbelievable campus. The new building was being built, and when I played, it would be open in that year. Um, and I had other schools to go visit. I had to go visit Michigan. I had like North Carolina State to visit Arizona. Had a number of schools lined up. Uh, but I just said, you know what? This felt good. It felt comfortable. So on a plane ride home, I knew where I was going to go, and it was going to be here at Ohio State. So it wasn't no specific reason why I left. The coaches left, and then the other guys in my class had left, and I didn't want to be left there alone. So I had two options, either enter the draft or transfer. I could enter the draft at the time, but I decided to transfer, and, you know, I'm glad I did, and the rest is history here. So I was able to get a Final Four and a Big Ten championship on the way. So I got a Big Ten, a Big East championship, a Big Ten championship as well. So um, it, it, it's all good. Now, were you highly recruited to come out of high school? Yeah, I was. I was. I was a top 50 kid. Um, I was a little down. I didn't make the McDonald's All-American team. I was close. Um, I had a good class. I think my class, my high school class, it might be one of the best classes in history, the 1995 class. It was big in New York. You know, Shamgar was in the class. Of course. Um, you know, Steph, Shamgar, Steph Mulberry. You know, then we also had, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Chauncey Billups and Vince Carter and Ron Mercer. Um, I can go on for days with the guys we had. Sharif Abdul-Rahim, um, Antoine Jameson. Who else am I missing? It was, you know, Jason Terry. Uh, it was, our class was loaded with pros, loaded. And um, so I remember coming up playing AU against all these guys. It was tough. You know, we had a good class. And, uh, you know, but for me, uh, you know, Wayne Turner, another kid from Boston, went to Kentucky. You know, Randall Jackson, the Boston kid that went to Florida State, those McDonald's All-Americans. And I, here I am, a state champion. I won everything in the state, everything. But, you know, it, it was fun going through the whole recruiting process, but it was kind of easy for me to choose BC at the time. BC was on an uptake, and, and I wanted to be a local kid that kind of helped bring bring our city back. And, and, and we did well when I was there. Now, were you guys trying to – you said a lot of local kids were thinking about going to BC. Were you trying to do like the Fab mm-hmm. Five thing in Michigan where a lot of Michigan kids stayed there, made Michigan the yeah. school? Yeah, that, that would well, be cool. That, that's how it was working. That's how it was working because the year before I got there, um, Chris Heron, who, mm-hmm. you know, was an unbelievable high school player. You know, Chris had his runs with the drugs. Yeah, Fall and River, of course. Chris Heron and Fall River. So Chris Heron and I played together at AAU. Chris Heron and Mickey Curley, they went to BC. So then I came the next year 
And then uh, we had like a kid like Monty Mack and, and, and Bradley who went to Kentucky. He was a mm-hmm. Massachusetts kid. He, they were all already committed to BC. So it was, you figure all of us played AAU together. We all came from the same program. So we're all just going to kind of, it was keeping it the Boston thing, which was great. A bunch of mass kids, you know, because I think it's something different when you have kids from your state playing for probably the main school in your state that, because you play for something more. You understand this pride that goes along with that. And that's what we wanted to bring. Uh, I don't know. Listen, I know we weren't Fab Five talent. That's special. That's like you know those classes don't come often, but um, we wanted to make we wanted to be local kids. We wanted to keep our kids home, and that was big. And and you know we lost that when when uh, O'Brien had left. Now you had like a really legendary career. When you mentioned Scooney Penn, Michael Red, like you guys were one-two punch. Mm-hmm. So you had like a very you know illustrious career. Then you get drafted, mm-hmm. and you played overseas for like 10, 11 years. I looked yeah. it up. Italy, Greece, Ukraine, Croatia. Did you love playing overseas? It was fun, man. It, it was fun. It was a little different, you know, the fact that, you know, you can play for a lot of teams because, you know, it, it's once you get up, you sign like a one-year, two-year deal, and then you play well, you sign for more money, and you go somewhere else, which is a luxury of it. You're not locked in to stay for a long time. Um, you know, I had my shot to come back to the league. I did. But I, I actually, you know, it was crazy to talk to people all the time. Like, well, why are you never playing to come back to go to the league? I was like, well, I did. But I just turned down my, my options. Like, I was supposed to sign with Milwaukee Bucks. It was a done deal. And that week before going to sign, you know, a three-year deal, I decided to go back overseas and went to Greece. I was going to make more money. And at the time, my mindset was very different. I was never going to be that person who says, you know what, I'm okay because I'm in the league. I don't want to be okay sitting on someone's bench. I'm like, no way. I'm a competitor. I need to play. I don't want to sit here and watch people play. And, and I understand the politics of the game. If I'm making, you know, you know, you know, the, the, the minimum, and I got mm-hmm. a guy in front of me making five a year, I mean, who are they going to play? It's just how it yeah, goes. It doesn't matter how good you're playing. They're playing the other guy. It's a business. It's a business. And I, and I understand that, and I understood it. So I was like, you know what? I, have, I, was, I was making myself a good niche overseas. You know, I was, I was a pro over there. I was, I'm a superstar over there. So let me go back, and I and I enjoyed it because I was able to play. It was great for my family to experience it. Uh, my kids went to school internationally, so there was things that that I was able to give my family an experience that that you can't put a price on. And the fans, you know, I'm a big traveler. The fans out there in Europe, they're passionate. Like we, I they're just nuts. got back from Greece, and the Yan, obviously the Giannis jerseys are everywhere. But they're crazy out yep. there. They love you. They love you guys out there. Like the basketball players out there are besides soccer, they're gods out there. Yeah, for sure. And I played for Olympiacos. So, you know, I was on one of the main team, one of the main teams in all of Europe. So when we went in the gym, they were going to be packed. And they were going to chant. They were going to light their fires. And they were going to throw things. And I loved it because I used to get pumped up. I used to go into gyms all around Europe. And I was like a public enemy number one, you know, and I, and I enjoyed it. I loved to look in the crowd and, and wave at them and, and, and hit a big shot and just scream. You know, that that's what I love about basketball because I felt like, for me, when I was on the court, especially in someone else's gym, I could the, the emotion would come out. Like I loved that part of it, you know, just love the competing part, being a competitor. And um, you know, when you stop playing, that's what you miss. But I, I think I'm starting to get a little bit of that, you know, being on coaching staff. Best and worst thing about playing overseas. Uh, best thing is that you know what I'm able to play basketball and make money doing it. That's the best thing. Mm-hmm. The worst thing is that. <laughs> When you're at a place and no one can understand you, that's one thing. And the other thing, more than anything, is we take for granted 
to going into a grocery store and buying what we want, knowing exactly what it is, or going to your favorite restaurant and ordering exactly what you want. So I have to say it has to do with food because over there you got to make shift, you got to figure it out, and, and everything's not Americanized everywhere. Of course they have McDonald's everywhere and Burger King, but the luxuries that we have here, or, or let's say you're hungry at, at midnight, and you can go to Walmart or, or the grocery store still open 24 hours or something. Overseas, that's not happening. So, you know, those, those things right there, you miss those things. You come back to the States, you're like, you feel spoiled. You, you see, you nailed it. Like I said, I've been to like 50 or 60 countries. I love traveling. And you'll be like, for example, we were in Greece, <clears throat> and it was like around like 1 o'clock, and a lot of stuff closed down. And I'm like, wow, like we were out here in, in New York, anywhere, any big city, especially in Boston, if it's two thirty, three o'clock, you can go to the local deli, get yourself like a sandwich. You, you're just loaded, and over there, it's like, oh shit, stuff exactly. actually shuts down. Or you can even go to Seven Eleven. There, you not find no Seven Eleven, no nothing. There ain't gonna be no stores open, nothing. So you just better wait till tomorrow. And uh, so that that was kind of a bad thing, but you know, you figure it out over the years. You definitely figure it out. All right, I'm gonna hit you with a few quick questions. You ready? No problem. Here we go. Best basketball movie of all time. Oh, Hoosiers. Oh, really? Okay, okay. That was a, that's a decent one. I think he I got games. Say, about. Hoosier, he got game. He, he got game on Hoosiers. But I go Hoosiers. Okay. Hoosiers is a classic basketball. It's a, it's the story of, you know, Indiana and just the underdog. So that's why I said Hoosiers. Okay. Scooney Pen's out at a bar. You want to impress everybody there. Who's the coolest mm-hmm. person in your phone that you can text that would text you right back? Oh. Oh, I don't know, man. I got a lot of cool ones. Um, damn, I don't have JVs no more. Cause if it was, if I still had his, it'd be JV. Oh, office. that's a heavy one. Okay, that that was a good one. Yeah, Who do you have yeah, right now? Uh, if you text them right now, they would text you back. I text them right now. They would text me back. Like right now, I'm trying to think. And I don't hate name dropping, but I got a lot of dudes in the league that I got their number. But I'm no, no name drop. That's what we do. Everyone has to name drop one time. Everyone likes name dropping, so if I just drop names, if I say, like, if I had LeBron James and D-Wade, um, you know, C.J. McCullough. You know, all right, I, all right. We, we, so if you texted – Conley Jr., I can keep – So if you texted, just say D-Wade. What happened? No, go ahead. Say, go ahead. Finish it. What so you if you texted D-Wade within an hour, he'd write back to you? I'm up in the air because it's basketball season. You never know what guys. Oh, that's fair. Okay. That's, that's why I'm like, you know – so that's why I'm thinking, you know, time, where they're at, where they're playing, um, it's tough to say. It, it, it's tough. But also, I know okay, some people be- in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the music world and the entertainment business. So um, it, it varies. It varies. It, uh, okay, I'm impressed. Question. Thank you. Were you ever in awe of someone you played against? You're on the court with who when you're like, holy crap, I'm on the court with this dude? Um, no one. No, really? Never, because um, I always thought I would be on a call with anybody, even the greatest. Even when I met Michael Jordan, like I mean, that was like for me, I was Jordan's that guy. But if there's anybody that I wanted to meet, that that there's two people that okay. I think I was in awe, but I wasn't on a call with them because they're older. But when I had a chance to meet Isaiah Thomas, because Isaiah Thomas, the reason I wanted to be a point guard, watching him play. And then when I went to work out for the Orlando Magic coming out of college, and at the time the GM with Dr. J, and I sat in the office with Dr. J, talking to Dr. J. But here's the cool thing about that, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, I'm sitting there talking to Dr. J. He has a picture on his desk of his daughter, and she was so hot, I couldn't stop looking at her. 
but I was a big Dr. J fan. My mom loves Dr. J, and and watching Isaiah Thomas wear that number eleven is why I wanted to wear number eleven and and and, and play the game like Isaiah. So those two guys, when I met, I was like, like wow, you know. And I'm a big Jay Z fan. Like for me, and I got a chance to spend some time with Jay years ago, you know, back in the day. So, um, you know, that that's one dude that that is like. That's my guy right there. You no one can say anything bad about Jay Z. I'll argue Jay Z to death with anybody. <laughs> Favorite sneaker of all time? Nike all day, and I have a bunch of them right now. Air Max ninety five. Very nice. Okay, how about Air this one? You become general manager of a team. You can draft mm-hmm. one player in the NBA right now. At their age, at for the next five years, who is it? After age, next five years, great question, because I had to talk about this in my barbershop yesterday with a whole bunch of customers have a barbershop here. Um, okay. I'm going with, next five years, I'm going with either Anthony Davis, Anthony Towns, or Giannis. Those, well, my, my two, Kentucky guys, so I'm always going to say Anthony Davis, and two is Giannis. He's an absolute freak. So it's AD or Giannis, that's it. Those are my two, back and forth, yeah. always. Oh, I, oh, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I also would consider MB, but I got to see how healthy he can stay. Yes. Because the same thing with Everyone loves watching him, but, like, he gets fragile, so you get nervous out here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm going, if I, if I have to choose right now, I'm going AD, because I love AD, and I'm a big I'm a big Anthony Davis fan, so I'm going AD. Okay, here we go. We're gonna give you <clears throat> two more questions. Finish up. Okay. I don't want to know the school. I don't want to know the school's name. I don't want to know anything. While you were on recruiting trip, were you ever suggested something or offered something? I don't want to know a school name, get anyone in trouble. Were you ever like, hey, yeah. if you come here, you- real? Oh, that's yeah. cool. okay. That's a good one. And mm-hmm. in your yeah. heart right now, would you like to make a wager? The loser, because obviously the Yankees will finish with a better record than the Red Sox. Here we, and you and I both, listen, I bleed Yankee blue. I got two Yankee seats in my apartment. I know you, sadly, you're a Red Sox fan. At the end of the year, when the Yankees have a better record, you got to wear a Yankee hat and take a picture and leave it as your profile picture on Twitter for one day. Sound good? Bet good. Bet is good. And you vice versa for the Red Sox, right? I promise you. Hey, now I got to tell you something. This is for real. Those DMs, but and this isn't trying to give you a big head and to end the interview off is like cool. When I go out here in New York and we're talking about college basketball and this and that, and I always drop your name and I've texted you a few times because mm-hmm. a few of my friends out here are from Ohio, so we'll be out, okay, yeah. you know, having a few drinks and we're like, oh, we're talking about this old basketball game. When your name comes up, it's the same thing. Oh, Scooney was awesome. Like your name's still heavy and it still resonates with all college basketball, yeah, you, man. You know That's why? Really- yeah, it cool, does. The name for one, especially in New York City, because I destroyed St. John's. <laughs> you did. You own the map. <laughs> I own St. John's. And, and Eric Barkley, Ron Artest, Felipe Lopez, my guys, uh, Zinjan Hamilton at BC, I'd never lost at St. John's. When I played them, I scored 20-plus. I came to Ohio State. We beat them in the Elite Eight to go to Final Four. The next year, we beat them in the Garden, down 10 points, a minute 50. We come back and we win. I block E. Barkley's shot. I catch the ball. I throw up the air, and I start dapping up the crowd in New York City. So that's why I ring in New York City, baby. Oh, I got to tell, Felipe comes on all the time. I I think he comes on like every few weeks. Felipe comes by the bar and comes on the show. I'm going to call him out. Next time he's here, I'm going to call him out with you. Ask Felipe, man. He, and, and numbers don't lie, so we can Google it. 
But Felipe, man, was a great play. I remember Felipe from the Gauchos AAU, then at St. John's, man. Like, here's my thing, and before we end it, we're talking yeah, about Felipe. Felipe was ahead of his time. That if Felipe would have just entered the draft, and when they when they opened it up, he at the time he would have been better off just entering the draft, not even going to college. His career would have turned out very different had he just entered the draft out of high school. His expectations. Yeah, because he could have never lived up to the expectations at St. John's, like no matter what he did. Because, you know, he had a great career there, but no one realizes that. He did. He He had a really good career, but it was never going to be good enough because he's from New York and all the pressures on him. Had he left and went to North Carolina, Kentucky, something like that would have been different. But the fact Mm -hmm. that he stayed in New York and played for St. John's, he was never going to live up to that at all. And, and I think that, that derailed his career because me, I'm, I used to watch him like, yo, this kid right here is going to be a pro. He's going to be a star. And, you know, uh, you know, he, he, he played well, but it was never going to be good enough for New York. That's why it's tough. That's why kids from New York have a hard time staying in New York and being really big because expectations and, and, you know, is through the roof. You know, just yeah, like you know, it. You know, yeah, it's, you know, it's actually funny you said that. Um, I know you're a big Kenny Anderson guy, and he comes on a lot, and we actually had the conversation. I've player in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I always say, I'm like, why aren't more New York players staying home? And he was honest. He's like, dude, it's too much pressure. He's like, you know, you mm-hmm. grew up in Coney Island, you grew up in Queens, anywhere, even over the river in Jersey, because they get studs over there at St. Anthony, St. Benedict's. Yeah. It's like, dude, you don't want to stay home. Your whole life is here. You want to experience it. It's too much pressure. They see the newspapers. They see if so-and-so can drop 45 points but misses a shot at the buzzer. He's a bum. He, they see that. You know, they're not stupid. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait till we get our jersey kid next year. You know, Luke Who do you Muhammad get next is a kid. Year? Get Luther Muhammad. Um, he's from uh, he's from Jersey, and and actually he's really, really, really good. So we're looking forward to him coming in. He's a he kick and play. So um, looking forward to Luther Muhammad getting here next year. He's a signee already that we have commit to Ohio State. So, but yeah, so yeah, you see Felipe tell him I said what's up, man. I was uh, always a big fan of his. Always. Um, you know, big time character dude, man. More than anything, which is cool. And listen, I'm, I mean this too. I'm gonna be rooting for Ohio State. Hopefully, Ohio State and Kentucky go to San Antonio this year, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll definitely link up again because I definitely want to do the show live next time. Either you're in New York, or I'm, I'm up around there. We'll definitely link up again, right? Sounds good, Mike. You take care, man. It's gonna be an absolute pleasure, brother. Good luck in the tournament. All right, later. Thanks, buddy. One, I hope the mic sounds good because I just bought a new microphone. We're doing this not from Dempsey's, like I said, but from my apartment. We'll have Julia work her magic and uh, edit this. And Scooney Penn, if you're a college basketball fan, a basketball fan, you know who Scooney Penn is. His name is so heavy. A basketball player. He was drafted, in, I think he was the second round. I don't know who drafted him. I didn't uh, do too much research, but he was so fucking good. My God, Scooney Penn and Michael Red, they dominated Ohio State. The one-two punch, two guys. But Scooney's such an awesome guy. We really wanted to do this live, and it sucks because he was playing at the Garden, which is on, I just say, 31st to 33rd on 7th Avenue. Jack Dempsey's bar, where obviously we broadcast from, is from 33rd and 6th, one block away. We're texting. He's like, dude, I'll be there. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. So now they're playing Penn State. I'm like, of course they'll be Penn State. They lose to Penn State. And the next day, we were supposed to do the show. So it does suck. But after a few years of sliding into each other's DMs, I got Scooney Penn on the phone. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast, Mike Safo, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. And I will root for Ohio State until they run into the 
Big Blue Nation. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, Booger Sugar.